Let's challenge the conventional wisdom that success must be born from suffering. Instead, let's embrace the idea that achieving our goals can be a journey of joy, fulfillment and ease. It starts with taking care to feel good. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. In everything we do, we do it because we are convinced that it will make us feel a little bit better or possibly even feel good. For anything that we want or desire, it's the same. We want what it will make us feel, to feel good. It has less, if anything, to do with the actual thing and it has everything to do with how it makes us feel. Seeing this actually makes life easier because when you can see your motives clearly, you are in a better position to get what you want. What if when you felt good, you were able to get everything you wanted? Would you not then make feeling good your top priority? In my last episode, I spoke about how it's important to feel what you're feeling, even the painful emotions. In fact, all your emotions are valid and they all serve a purpose to guide you. But guide you towards what? my understanding, I've come to see that nature and even the laws of universe seek balance, equilibrium. Newton's third law of motion teaches us that each force has an equal and opposite reaction. This balance also exists within us, physically, psychologically and emotionally. For example, your blood has a certain pH level which your body regulates with a narrow range to maintain homeostasis. If the level is off by only a few digits, it can have grave consequences for your health. If you cut yourself in your finger, it starts a whole host of processes, all designed to do what? To restore health or homeostasis. There's clotting, the body's first response to stop the bleeding, sticking blood cells together, forming a plug to which stops the bleeding. After clotting, your body's immune system kicks in, inflammation begins, which is when the area around the cut becomes red and swollen. White blood cells rush to the wound to fight off any potential infections and start cleaning up the damaged tissue. And after this, your body starts building new tissue to replace the damaged area. The outer layer of your skin, called epidermis, starts growing to cover the wound. This is what you see as the cut closes up. Over time, the new tissue matures and strengthens. Initially, the new tissue may appear red or raised, but it often fades and flattens with time. And eventually, you're left with a scar. Scars are signs that your body has successfully repaired the wound. The point I'm trying to make by sharing about all this gross stuff, yes, to me, this is quite gross, is that throughout the whole process, you had to do very little for any of it to occur. For your body to 
do all this healing, it required very little consciousness by you. The force that seeks balance, homeostasis, equilibrium, is what took care of the healing, needing no interference by you. And the actual point that I'm making with this is that though this applies to your physical body and health, the same force for balance exists for your emotional well-being. There's a natural and balanced state in which you're at peace and harmony. It's your neutral state. Like if you'd gotten the perfect amount of sleep, felt rested, safe, fed, warm and comfortable, you'd probably feel pretty good. This is what it feels like when your conditions are optimal. They become life-affirming. And this feeling of feeling pretty good is your natural state, your neutral. It's what you have if nothing is added or taken away from you. You'd have an emotional homeostasis, just like your body works to maintain a physical homeostasis. How do I know that your natural and neutral state is one of well-being and feeling good? Because see how hard you work to get back there. When you don't feel good, most of your actions are designed to return you to that state of feeling good again. If your neutral state wasn't one of feeling good, then when you felt bad, you wouldn't really care or even notice it. It would simply be another insignificant feeling not worth paying attention to. But that's not what happens, right? Instead, most of our days are filled with things whose main purpose is to make us feel good. Again, going back to what I said in the beginning of this, in everything we do and in everything we want, we do it to feel good. You've heard me say before, that when you feel better, you do better, just as when you feel worse, you do worse. You probably recognize this for yourself, when on a day when you're feeling low, you're not being at your best. You might feel like most things are a chore and require much more effort than you're used to. Then, on days when you feel good, all of a sudden, things feel easy and you find yourself having more than enough patience for things that aren't going your way. I'm of course not saying that when you feel worse that you can't come up with good things or even do some of your best work. That happens. However, when things are feeling more light and you experience moments of flow, free from stress or pressure, you might have an easier time doing great things. Einstein said, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. When you feel anything but good or positive, what you feel is then there to guide you back to feeling good again. Back to your neutral and natural state of being. Back to harmony. Back into balance. This is why when you ignore your feelings, feelings that feel negative, painful or otherwise undesirable, or even worse, when you repress them, not only do you risk making yourself sick with stress and anxiety, but you ultimately prevent yourself from reading the signals that they are there to show you.
If you were to try to drive from Berlin to Madrid without looking at any road signs or using a navigation system to guide you, chances are that you'd get lost a few times and perhaps even fail to ever reach your destination. Not feeling what you're feeling is doing exactly this for you, preventing you from feeling good again. I want to be clear here. I haven't been describing happiness Feeling good is different from feeling happy, and there's an important distinction to be made between feeling good and feeling happy. Feeling good is the neutral feeling that is present when you're safe, fed, warm, and otherwise taken care of. It's a feeling of being at peace, of feeling content. Feeling happy is a wonderful and positive emotional state that generally involves feeling energized, elated, bubbly or excited. Experiencing happiness is a fundamental and cherished part of the human experience and it contributes to our overall well-being and quality of life. Happiness can be fleeting and often is, which is why so many spend their whole lives in the pursuit of happiness without ever achieving it. In the last episode, I talked about toxic positivity and mentioned Whitney Goodman's book by the same name, Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy, and how in the book she makes the case of how instead of pursuing a life of happiness, we should pursue a life of value. Instead of being happiness-driven, we become value-driven. I've talked before on this podcast about the importance of values and how they act as building blocks for designing your dream life. And when you live a value-driven life instead of a happiness-driven life, you're far better off in terms of living a life that gives the satisfaction that we actually want. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. It's just that you don't want to make it your main priority. Studies have shown that people who pursue happiness are less happy than people who are simply happy. And this is a tricky thing to unpack. But what I take it to mean is that when you chase after the fleetingness of happiness, it will inevitably elude you for most of the time. Plus, when you're pursuing it, you're also taking a mental stance of coming from a place of not being happy already. Happiness is what happens when you forget that you were looking for it and instead you're being present in the moment, doing things that are meaningful to you, things that matter to you. You see, living a happiness-driven life risks having you look for ways to make yourself happy for the sake of happiness. Which is a tricky thing since happiness can come and go and is also only part of the positive feelings available to you. When pursuing happiness, it can quickly become a me-me-me orientation which mostly fails to deliver higher levels of happiness. According to a vast battery of resources ranging from studies, books and anecdotes. When you instead live a value-driven life, you fill your life with things that matters to you. You engage in activities that are intrinsically important to you, things that you identify with and that are part of who you are. 
and you get a sense of purpose. Living a value-driven life is more about aligning your choices with your values. A byproduct of this can be higher levels of happiness, but also peace, calm, harmony, joy, deep satisfaction, and a sense of being in flow. Living in integrity with one's values often feels intrinsically good, even when it means that you might have to make tough choices. To quote a good friend of mine, the fabulous online health coach, Yosef Babar, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, as long as I can live with it. What this means is that when you act from a place of congruence with what you stand for, with what you value, even if the results aren't what you want, when acting with integrity, it will help you stand by your choice and you're more likely to still feel good about yourself. When you feel good, things happen with greater ease for you. Your cup is full, and so you have more of the qualities that help you deal with the reality of things not going as you want them to, and you're more agile in handling the consequences and being more resilient. When you make yourself feel bad in the pursuit of what it is that you want, because you're pushing, forcing, efforting and hustling, not only are you suffering because you don't have what you want, but things are also no different. You still don't have what you want. And that's a crappy place to be. When you instead pursue what you want from a place of feeling good, from what I call inside the comfort zone, then you'll find yourself having more motivation, patience, resilience and consistency. Contrast it with the otherwise typical approach being advised, like this speech by Eric Thomas that has been viewed on YouTube for millions if not billions of times. You guys have probably heard about this before. It was a... It was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money, and so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach at 4 a.m. So the young man got there at 4 a.m. He already to rock and roll, got on the suit, should have worn shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water, watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he said, come out a little further, walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area, the shoulder area. He said, come on out a little further, came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This God is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, hold him down. My man getting scratched holding him down. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. Somebody answered the question for me. He said, when you were underwater, what did you want to do? He said, I wanted to breathe. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. This scares me. This makes me doubt if I can do what it is that I want to do. And I start to feel bad. Bad about myself. Bad about my cowardice. Bad about my inability to act. Stuck feeling this bad about myself, how likely am I to take productive and effective actions to get myself out of this? Sometimes, yes, people will get themselves out of it. For sure, I believe I've done that 
myself in the past. It works sometimes, but more often it doesn't. When you feel worse, you do worse. You can't solve the problem with the same thinking that created the problem. And by the way, feeling scared is a signal. It's signaling to me to move towards my neutral and natural state. And from there, things will change automatically. When the thinking that created the problem changes, the problem changes as well. Often, problems become less problematic when you have an optimistic outlook, when you feel safe, creative, relaxed, rested and energized. When you heard Eric Thomas say what he said, perhaps you felt energized and motivated. Great. By all means, go for it. But if you, after the initial surge of dopamine levels out, again feel stuck and unable to carry on, perhaps you'd be open to entertain what I'm sharing with you in this episode. It's a strange thing that we've been taught, that we must suffer before we can rejoice. In my episode about cults and the dark side of personal development, I pointed out that it's curious to me who benefits from this notion that you should become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Who stands to gain from your suffering and all your sacrifice? For us, who are tired of needing to hustle, push, force, compete, compare, sacrifice or gasp for air, I want to invite you to see how maybe everything you want can come with less effort and with more ease when you take care to feel good. So let's challenge the conventional wisdom that success must be born from suffering. Instead, let's embrace the idea that achieving our goals can be a journey of joy, fulfillment and ease. It starts with taking care to feel good. From there, we can discover a new way forward, one that aligns with our values and our well-being. If you too want to be happy, then first feel good. The rest will follow with much less effort. A good life is a life of goodness. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episode by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.